Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Winning the war. Man, I love a good battle scene, don't you guys? You guys excited about Super Bowl next week? I could care less. That's not my kind of battle, honestly. I could care less. I'm more interested in Lord of the Rings, man. I'm a nerd. (laughs) And and I seriously love those kind of battle scenes, man, where, uh, you know, you hear the drums start to beat together and the uh, the evil orc army is is rising up on the horizon with all their vile evilness and and now you've got the men that are, are gathering together on the other side with the elves and their shining armor and the first guy runs out into the fray and it's like Aah! or uh you know thanos and his thugs have uh come through the portals and and of course the uh superheroes that are left they're totally out man out gun but they have to try to make a stand and then on your left. Da, 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 da. Oh my gosh, Cap is going to pick up Thor's hammer. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so thrilling. It's so exciting. And it's absolutely nothing like my normal day. Because I'm a hobbit and I love it that way. Because I don't want to fight in a battle. I don't, I don't want to be even near the battle, but uh, as it turns out, uh, that's wishful thinking because uh, I actually am in one, and here's the kicker, so are you, true story, Uh, no exaggeration really, the battle for your life, for your life is either won or lost in your mind. Neuroscience. Scripture, they both agree, and that's cool when that happens, right? They both agree that there is a battle that's going on in my mind. Anybody, their experience, will they testify to that too? There's a battle going on in your mind. It's a battle between faith and a battle between fear. It's a battle between a confidence in your calling and a paralyzing, crippling anxiety. Uh, it's, it's a battle between wanting to completely trust God and surrender to him and then being wanting to be in control, 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 control. It's a battle. And so in this new series that we're beginning to, t- to talk about t- today, like Tyrone said, winning the war in your mind, we're going to have four principles that we're going to look at one each week. Uh, let me just give you the roadmap to where we're going. Um, we're, we're going to talk about the replacement principle, the rewire principle, the reframe principle, and the rejoice principle. And today, we're going to talk about the replacement principle. Buckle up. You ready? Okay. It's going to be good. I love the Word of God, you guys. And I'm so excited to be a part of this series in particular. 
this is really something I am walking through and, and putting into practice in my life right now. It's something I know it's going to be good news for you too. And Lord knows we need some good news when it comes to the subject of mental health, right? Because man, we are struggling, fam. Mental health is issues are so real. But what I love about this is that COVID didn't invent mental health issues. It's like the one thing that it didn't invent. But uh, it's, it's not to blame. Uh, because we go all the way back to what Tyrone read earlier, the letter from the Apostle Paul to the Romans in 55 AD, y'all. So a little bit before COVID. And he, uh, and, and he, he, I won't read it again, but he says, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And he sounds like he's making a good case for canceling, right? Um, and, you know, holler, holler and shout out to, to counselors. And what I used to see in this, uh, passage of scripture. I still see it. It's still beautiful. But one of the primary things I used to see in this was a high profile spiritual leader that was being transparent about their struggle, which I love that. That's beautiful. And that was kind of the, the biggest thing I saw uh, in the past. But man, I've seen so much of a bigger picture here. Because I don't think that's the only thing or even the main thing that Paul was doing as he was sharing this. I think it was more like he was a general in the war room. You know, war room, there's a table in the middle. And what he's doing is he's laying out the battlefield. And he's saying, all right, men, this is what it looks like. It's rough terrain. It's going to be hard out there. This is what it feels like. You're going to get torn up. You're going to get wrecked. But that's not where it ends, right? It says, what a miserable man I am who will save me from this body of death. And then... Verse 25 that we didn't have up on the screen, but Tyrone read, which is, thank God for Jesus Christ. And so what I think Paul is doing, and we'll see throughout this series, is he's saying, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But we got a secret weapon. Here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to hit him over here on the right. We're going to hit him over here on the left. And then we're going to come in. We're going to pull him in. It's this strategy. And I think we're going to see that from the Apostle Paul because he was the ultimate thought warrior. He's the ultimate thought warrior, the general. And he's going to teach us how to win the war of our mind. That's good news, right? Hey, listen, if you're super struggling today, if shame is already creeping in on you, and we prayed against that this morning, but if it is, if you're online, you're sitting in your living room, and man, you are so struggling right now, I'm going to just give you this word. Maybe this is the, the, the biggest thing you take home today, and I'm okay with that. Don't give up. Look up. Okay. There's a, there is hope for you, my friend. I speak from experience. Don't give up. Look up. Hey, re reminder, you can fill out that crossword puzzle. I know that's one of them. Um, so we're going we're gonna to listen to the Apostle Paul uh, teach us how to capture our thoughts, our wrong thought patterns, replace them with truth, and win the war in our mind. So we're going to camp on 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, right now for a few minutes. This is going to be good. I, I know you're going to love this. Um, for though we live in the world, this is verse three and four. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'm going to look at three key words there. Power demolishes strongholds. Divine power. Divine power, this word here, this Greek word, I like to go to the Greek sometimes because it gives us some nuances. We're, we're, of course, reading the English translation here, but it was originally written 
uh, to the Romans. And so this would have been written in the language of Greek, so they could read it. So the Greek word there is dinata, and it's related to the word dunamis. And dunamis is this really great word. It means explosive power. It's where we get the word dynamite from, right? And it's related, we see that word in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. Somebody prayed it this morning in prayer. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound, what? Mind. Yeah, somebody, you guys went to Sunday school. Good job. Sound mind. It's the same one we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, you will receive power. That's dunamis. Explosive, miraculous power. So here's what we're learning. The weapons we fight with, they have divine, everybody say it power to demolish strongholds. The next word I want to look at is the word demolish. Ooh, again, these are volatile words up in here. The, the Greek word there is katareo, which means destruction requiring massive power. So this is just giving us a clue that what we're up against is no small feat. To demolish this stronghold requires some massive destruction. It's not going to be a simple thing. So the weapons we fight with, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds. Let's talk about strongholds. That's a word you may not use very often. It's, it's, it's not really common in, in our everyday language. But here's what it is. It is, uh, well, the Greek word again here, and I promise this won't be uh, a Greek uh, study the whole time. Uh, the Greek word for stronghold is achurama, which means a military fortress or a stronghold. Hold. And so, because I mentioned Lord of the Rings here, and I am a big nerd, you might have already guessed, um, I want to show you a picture. This is from, when I think of a fortress, when I think of a stronghold, I think of Helm's Deep. And so, Helm's Deep, the, the Rohirrim were, were being harassed by the, the orcs, and we're like, we got to flee, we got to go somewhere, we're going to be safe, and so they go to Helm's Deep. Gandalf and Aragorn and Legos are like, what are you doing? You're going to get trapped. You're going to trap, they're going to starve. What are you doing? They wouldn't listen. They're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to Helm's Deep. We're going to just get trapped. And so uh, that's what the devil does with us, with strongholds, is he, he one by brick by brick, lie by lie, he imprisons us in our own mind. In our own mind. That's how the enemy operates. Have you ever heard of the phrase, uh, I just want to be alone with my thoughts? Have you ever heard of this? Well, as, as it turns out, we're not as alone in our thoughts as we thought we were. Rats! Can I be an introvert anywhere? <laughs> not even in your head, dude. Uh, the, uh, the enemy has, has a plan to replace truth with lies in your mind. And I, of course, again, I got to think about uh, Grima Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings. And so he is the advisor to uh, Theoden, King Theoden. And he is usurping King Theoden's uh, authority by whispering lies into his ears. This poisoned rhetoric that's just changed King Theoden. And he's turned into this zombie of a man who has no voice and no power. And it's sickening to see him. It really kind of turns your stomach to see this man. And this is really, I've, I think for me, so, such a powerful spiritual visual of what Satan is doing. This 
He only rules through deception. Understand that. His authority is to deceive. That's really where he gets his power from. So, so what, what happens is he'll say things like, oh, you can't trust people. You know you shouldn't have trusted that person. You can't trust people. What are you doing? You'll never succeed. You'll always be broke. Your marriage will never thrive. You're always going to have a busted marriage. God doesn't hear your prayers. God doesn't answer prayers. You'll never make a difference, and you never amount to anything. And we hear those, and they just wash into us, and they become strongholds. What is a stronghold? Lies that we believe and base our lives upon our strongholds. The lies that we believe and base our lives upon our strongholds. How do we battle against that? Well, again, we fight with weapons that have divine power to what? Demolish strongholds. But we need to talk about how. We got, we got to make this practical. So verse 5, we continue on. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Uh, that's all it is, y'all. It's just a pretension. Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. Everybody say captive. That's a good word. It's good. It's a military word. We take captive every thought to make it obedience, obedient to Christ. Now, forgive me. Pardon me for one more Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> Will you? So Gandalf sees Theoden in his just pitiful state, and he sets him free from the power of a worm tongue. And as he is kind of coming back, to his senses. You can see it on the screen behind me here. Gandalf says, breathe the free air. Theoden is just kind of looking around and he says, dark have been my thoughts of late. Yeah, I'm quoting it. And then uh, Gandalf kind of smirks and he leans in and he says, your fingers would remember their old strength better if they grasped your sword. That's probably the best line in, two, in uh, two Towers, man. Because Theoden grasps his sword and he starts to remember who he is. And then he gets so ticked off at <laughs> Grima Wormtongue. Oh, it's a great scene too. Man, I got to go watch uh, Lord of the Rings again today. <laughs> uh, or we just need to get into the word of God today. We could do both. Your fingers would remember their old strength better if they grasped your sword. That's really, this scene that's happening right here on the screen is what I think really God wants to have happen in your heart spiritually today and in this series. That you'd identify the lies and that you would fight them with the sword of truth. Would you just pray with me? Father, I just pray right now. God, I pray that by the power of your living word, Lord, that you would renew our minds with truth. Set us free, God, by, uh, from believing the lies that the enemy has that would rob us of joy and of peace and of calling and of purpose. And God, may your truth set us free. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. High five somebody real quick and say, we're getting our mind right. Get my mind right. Get your mind right. In the chat, just go ahead and write it. Say, get my mind right. Again, 
Again, family, we need this. We need this because, and here's another principle and a fill-in hint, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And again, here's where uh, neuroscience uh, agrees, that cognitive behavior psychology, have you heard of cognitive behavior psychology? It's, it is very powerful, uh, common in, in a lot of counseling, uh, and, and we're all for good counseling here at Rivers. So cognitive behavior psychology has demonstrated that a lot of our problems, maybe if not most of our problems, are related to wrong thought processes. And so we address the problem, not just by dealing with the problem, but by dealing with the thought process behind the problem, right? So it, it, it's true of many relational challenges, true of eating disorders, addiction, some forms of anxiety, all of which are a direct result of toxic thinking. So this is what science says. And God's word is true. And it says it this way in uh, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Or in other words, the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. Life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. Henry Ford said it this way, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think you can, you probably will. If you dwell on problems, they'll overwhelm you. If you look for solutions, you'll probably find some. If you feel like a victim, boy, you will become one. If you believe that you're an overcomer, you probably will overcome. This is what Hebrews 11 kind of bears out, it's just the whole chapter is the hall of faith, but Hebrews 11, one you might be familiar with, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But Satan is a liar. He is the father of lies. Uh, Jesus said when he, he speaks lies, he speaks his native tongue. And so if Satan had a Bible, which he doesn't, but if he did, I think he would say in Euliah 11.1, get it, Euliah? Uh... I'm a dad. I'm allowed dad jokes. I think he would say this. Fear. Fear is the substance of things dreaded. The evidence, so-called, of things not seen. Well, what's there to be afraid of? Doesn't matter. You're afraid. So might as well be real because it's substance now. That's the way that this works. In so many cases, the life we have is a reflection of the thoughts we think. So what we're going to do right now is we want to pause. I want to pause. And everyone in the house, you're listening online, you're serving in the booth, um, wherever you're at right now, I want to encourage you to pause. And we're going to contrast two mindsets. And I want you to take some inventory. Now, this is hard because we don't ever like to think of ourselves in the negative. But I want you to do this. I want you to, there is a scale. I'm going to put it up on the screen behind us here. And we're going to look at the first category, which we could call, you know, worried versus peaceful, peaceful, two, two contrasting mindsets. What I want you to do is I want you to think about where right now you would put yourself on the scale. So start with the left all the way over here. Let's start with, uh, do you find yourself being more characterized by worried thoughts on average now? Do you find yourself maybe waking up in the morning worried? Thoughts start to consume you. Do you feel... Uh, do you feel overwhelmed by panic often, frequently? Do you have panic attacks? What's a panic attack? You feel like you've got a pain in your chest and you don't know where it's coming from. Anxiety, fear, uh, or 
when things are bad, do you find yourself just on default casting your cares on the Lord? Do you find yourself overwhelmed by his presence and his goodness and his sweetness and uh, being led by his spirit so much that you just feel content even when things are bad? That would be all the way over to the right side. Ten. Just think about that. Second category I want you to look at is uh, just more general, but negative versus positive. So on the left side, you feel like uh, you assume the worst about a thing. You give it a new project at work. You just assume the worst. It's going to be the worst. A new uh, team member. Oh, my gosh, it's probably going to be the worst. The person's going to have no idea what they're doing. When you have an interaction with someone, it doesn't go quite smoothly. Do you assume the worst about the person? Um, do, do you find yourself uh, discontent? Or do you wake up with a sense of positive faith that God is on the throne and he is your provider and he has things under control and that you can trust him. And even with difficulty, you feel God's presence and he's with you. And you know that, that even the, that there is pain, even, there's purpose even in the pain. Or category three, do you find yourself more on the left side worldly? By that I mean your mind is consumed with the here and the now, this life, the temporary, the material possessions, likes, followers, what other people think about you. Or do you find yourself more consumed with being a good steward of the gifts that God has given you, making sure that you honor him with what gifts you already have, not so concerned with what you don't, and you want to make sure that you're such a good steward of those things that, that you help impact other people for eternity so that when all is said and done, uh, when everything else burns away, your life will count for eternity. Oh, friends, what we think about matters more than you could imagine. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. Where are you focused? Hey, listen, no matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter what you buy, no matter where you go, no matter who you know, no matter where you live, no matter where you travel, you cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. And you know, it's not surprising whenever we hear the people who have it all talk about how miserable they were. It's never surprising. I mean, it shouldn't be because we've heard it so many times. They've got it all. No, it doesn't matter. It really does not matter. And so it's odd that we might try to pursue what they have when they would go, it doesn't matter. Can't have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Yeah. So, ooh, pause in this one for a second. Hey, uh, family moment here. Fam, what direction are you headed? Are you excited about the direction that you're headed right now? Are you excited about the direction that your thoughts are taking you? All right, this is a family moment. Uh, two years ago, January I believe it would have been January 2nd of 2021. I was not. 
Um, so this would, have, this would qualify as the absolute worst day of my life. I, uh, <clears throat> man, stress was at an all-time high. Um, I felt overwhelmed and pressed in on every side. Have you ever felt cornered and trapped like the entire day long? What does an animal do that's hurt and cornered? So, uh, so yeah, I, I did that at home real bad. Um, the kids were there. Said some really hurtful things to Rosemary and, uh, Little Corbin, he started crying. I said, God, I mean, if there was a volcano and I could have jumped in at that moment, I would have. But you know, uh, what I did do was throw myself into a pit of shame and despair. Negativity, rejection, self-doubt, and discouragement was just a daily bathing. Uh, turns out that um, having the name pastor applied to you really does very little uh, when it comes to winning the war of your mind. I'll even go one better. This is family conversation, but um, the Reading the word of God won't necessarily help you in this instance either. I'll explain that in a minute. And I'll even go deeper. Memorizing the word of God. I mean, these are the Sunday school answers, right? So I'm just keeping it real. Memorizing the word of God won't necessarily help you to win the war of your mind. I know I'm going to have to explain that one, but I want to keep it real. And I've, I don't think I've ever even said this here, but I have memorized gigantic portions of scripture, you guys. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, every single verse. Um, I can't quote them uh, verse and a chapter now like I used to. Large portions, of, so all of those, large portions of Romans uh, and John, um, Acts. And so now you're going, my God, man. So there's no hope, right? Because I, I don't know that I've met very many people that memorize that many portions of scripture. Here's what I would equate it to. Um, I would equate it to having a giant arsenal in your home of beautiful swords that you just never pick up. And so I want to show you a picture. This is a really hard one for me. Um, but but do we, do we have that? picture, the, the diary? Yeah. So the, I pulled this out of my diary. I feel like words uh, fail me, but this picture speaks a thousand words. So this, I don't know if you've ever felt this before. I uh, would not wish it on my worst enemy, but I, um, I just felt like, uh, where's the hope, man? I know all the right things, and I, uh, I don't know what to do. I met with Tyrone 
just there's a couple days later, I met with Tyrone and I said, man, I need help. Pray with me. Pray with me. I don't want, I don't want to lose my family. You guys, uh, if you don't know me, man, family for me wasn't like a second tier thing. I said, family for me is the biggest thing in my life. So the fact that that was, felt like it was dissolving felt for me like uh, I was dissolving. And it can be that way sometimes with some of the struggles that we have. We just feel like we, we lose ourselves. We don't know where we are. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. But so, so the, the question is, so, okay, well, shoot, man. You're, you're a pastor. How, how then? So I want to unpack that. That's the, that's the tension I want to lean into here. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, be transformed. How do we do that? You know, I've heard that verse. That was one of the verses I had on lock. And so it was like, all right, how do I be transformed though? I want to be transformed. All right, well, here's the first one. And this is the biggest one. Um, I know that uh, I think Amy either prayed this in prayer or she said it when she was up here on the platform today, but inviting God into the mess. That's going to be my step one. It's just invite God into the mess. And one of the things I even learned this year was that, that uh, we don't want to forfeit the withness of God. That's how I'm going to refer to it from now on. But just the, the, the idea that God is with you, that's, that's Emmanuel, God with us. We don't want to forfeit that. But the problem is we think that because we made this mess, we have to get ourselves out of this mess. And so we're like, well, that's true. So now what I just need to do is apply that truth. I just got to work on that. I've just got to do this and get myself out. And so there is this constant striving, or I would call it like white knuckling, you know, white knuckling, trying to get your mind right, white knuckling, trying to get your family right, white knuckling, trying to be a better leader, white knuckling, trying to be a better manager at work. And it feels like this, man. And it feels like the picture I had on the screen earlier. But there's something that happens when we invite God into the mess. What I mean by that, that's not I mean, I don't mean pray a prayer just on a Sunday morning. What I mean is that you literally say, I need your help this afternoon. Lord, I just need your help this morning. Would you walk with me today? I feel completely messed up. I messed up yesterday and I need your help right now. Take a moment at work, pause, halt and Come back to Jesus. Invite him in in that moment. Because here's the truth of that verse. That right there, be transformed, is in the passive tense, which means that we don't actually transform ourselves. We don't. God does it. But we do it in partnership. You can only transform. You can only do so much work mentally. You can only do so much work. And, uh, and then you come to the end of yourselves. The other side of that is this. Just saying, Jesus, take the wheel only gets you so far, too, because God wants to be in partnership with you. That's why those swords just sit there untouched, because you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. And he's like, pick up your sword. So, so, uh, so again, why? Because your life is always move, moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So number two, so just the, the beginning point is invite God into your mess. Number two, identify the stronghold. Identify the stronghold. I'm going to try to move quicker here, but you cannot change what you do not confirm. You guys still with me? Okay. Man, I unloaded today, Pastor Tyrone. I love you, sweetheart, by the way. My wife's here. Sure do love you, babe. You know, God, I just should say that God's done a, a real beautiful work in our home, and it's been an answer to prayer. So for anyone who's been praying for that, 
Props, man, I appreciate you. You cannot change what you do not confront. So you might have these lies again coming in. You're not good enough. Your past is too bad. I can't trust anybody. I'll always battle my weight. I'm never going to be good with money. I can't get close to God like other people that I see at church. I'll never have a job that I love. All my relationships are ultimately going to break down. Okay, so when you hear those kinds of thoughts, you can go, that's probably not healthy. That seems like something that is toxic. And if I hear you right, that could be a stronghold. And here's how you know it's a stronghold. Uh, because here's how a stronghold works. It's brain chemistry. And Satan knows all about it. Whenever you have, there's this chemical called dopamine. You guys familiar with dopamine? All right. So it rewires the brain. So every time you, that's, you know, it's been reshortened for dope as we talk about uh, what that does for uh, the, with, with a, addictive uh, chemicals, illegal chemicals. But it's the same principle at work. And so what happens is when we have positive thoughts, we can wire some uh, new neural pathways in our brain. But it works the same way. we got negative thoughts. It does the same thing. What we do is we, we develop this rut. There's a path in my backyard. If you go into my backyard, there's a pathway that you can see from the Arcadia door out to the trash that you can see where Blitzen runs, that's our dog, and where we take the trash out. Uh, it's just because a pattern repeated over and over again, and that's, way, that's the same way that the brain works. Every thought creates a neurochemical change in your body. These chemicals aren't imaginary, and they are as real as your presence right here in the room. So all the, the good intentions on your part may not assist you. It's where you need some supernatural help on your side. And also, you need to do some work. Everybody say work. Because you're the one who developed that pathway. So now what you have to do, one, hey, how about let's just stay off of that pathway for a hot minute. Stay off of that pathway. So that way, uh, as you do, because here's here's the good news. The good news, well, the bad news is this. If you believe a lie long enough, a lie that believe that you believe as true will affect you, affect you, and affect your life as if it were true. It doesn't have to be true. It affects you the same way, right? And so that's the insidiousness of Satan. We think about him as him being out there doing all these evil deeds. Nah, bro, he doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is plant a few seeds and sit back and let the show begin. We're all too willing to carry out Satan's bidding. He doesn't need any demons, truth be told, but he uses them. So, so the brain, we, but we, what we can do is we can flip it the other way, is we can start to develop new paths. You know what? It's, you may not be able to stop, but you can steer. Does that make sense? Can't stop your... Don't think about pink elephants. Don't. Stop it. All right. Well, that's harder, Right? You know, think about gray elephants. Okay, that's easier. So steer your thoughts. Let's say it this way. So this is point number three. Uh, Replace the lie. Remove the lie. Replace with truth. You with me? Remove the lie. Replace with truth. And so back to Romans 12, 2. 
says, uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The pattern of this world. See, that's the pattern that's so dangerous. It's the repetition. It's the day in, it's the day out. And it, what it does is it sets up these structures, these trellises in our brain that lead us towards destructive thoughts and then ultimately destructive behaviors. So that's why I want to remove the lie and replace with truth. So your, another way of saying it this way is your thoughts will control the your thoughts will control you, so you got to control your thoughts. Say that with me. My thoughts will control me, so I have to control my thoughts. All right, how do we do that? That's easier said than done. Well, yes, part of it is you're going to steer. But here's the way the Apostle Paul put it. We looked at it earlier. We're going to capture those thoughts. Here's what it looks like. You're going to capture, you're going to pause, and then you're going to steer into a new path. Okay, so what's your path? Frustrating day at work. It was so unbelievably frustrating. These people that you're sidled with on this group project are morons. Why in the world was this supervisor ever even employed, much less put into supervisory position? What's with all the meetings? An email would have been fine, and by the end of the day, you are ready to kick a puppy. <laughs> that just came out. I've never kicked a puppy. I just want to clarify. All right, so what do you do? You get home, get with a friend, and all right, so you need to go into the pattern, which is the chaos, yell, the vent, the scream, rage, or you pause. I like my son said it today, and he was quoting from Pastor Tyrone earlier, but he said, halt when you're hangry, hangry or hungry, either way, angry. Lonely or tired, halt, you need a halt. You stop, or let's say pause. Pause, and then, okay, what can I do? This is, hey, this is a pattern. I've gotten down this pattern. Hold the phone, I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna count, I'm gonna pray. Maybe I need a hug. I know I always need a hug. Maybe you, uh, and, then, and, then, and then you see where the new path leads you. How about uh, you, you feel really horrible about yourself? I mean, just worry about you, the way you look, the, your skills, whatever it might be. You're just feeling like a failure. And your path looks like a beeline to the fridge. Hello. And so it's like, uh, all right, let's start with, uh, let's go easy. We'll just start with a pint of ice cream. See where the Cheetos come in after that. Or you can halt. Stop the pattern. I think I need to steer this for a walk. Let's go for a walk. I'm going to head to the gym. I'm going to work out. It's time to pump some irons. Maybe I just need to run for an hour, you know? You start a new path. How about you're bored? You're bored. Got some downtime. You're bored. What are you going to do? Get out the old cell phone. Hey, it's time to flip on Instagram, see all the people that have it so much better than I do, so, to, so called and get jealous and feel like such a loser, or switch to a different app, you pull up, you version, let's go, start reading from the Bible. By the way, uh, your, uh, your church, River Church, got a, uh, uh, we got an app as well, and we're connected to, uh, you, you can actually, on YouTube, on version, you can actually select River's Church as your, as your church right there in the app. 
Um, but uh, you had there, maybe you listen to a podcast, but you rewrite the path. You still with me? I'm, I'm heading home. Okay, so what's your path? Here's what you want to do. You want to create a new path. And every time, here's the good news, every time you walk a new path, that path becomes easier to walk, right? So the more you stay off the old path, that path gets weaker and new growth comes in. And that path is harder to go back down. But all of this requires some work. You got to work it. You got to work it. Yep. You work the plan. All right. So uh, what we want to do today, and as you walk home, this is homework for you. All right. But it's so, it's so much harder to look at so many things. But I just would like you to pick one stronghold. What's your biggest stronghold? What's the one thing that's in your mind that's, that's the weightiest thing right now that you're not lovable? You'll never be good enough. You'll never deserve anything good. You, uh, you always be broke. There's the haves and the haves nots, and you're always going to be the not. What is it? And remember, there's thousands of days of those messages that you're up against, and they've developed a really good path. And so, what's the stronghold? You're you're feeling helpless. You're hopeless. The path maybe the stronghold is is worthlessness, pointlessness. Here's what you want to do. You want to identify the stronghold. And you want to name it. And here's why. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. What am I up against? I don't know. That's why you have war room meetings. You you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So Apostle Paul, the ultimate thought warrior, the general, the spiritual army is saying, here's what we're up against. This is what it looks like. And now it's one, two, three, four. I declare a thought war. (laughs) Again, verse five says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Take captive. How do we take it captive? Pretend it's not there. I guarantee you that doesn't work. Tried and untrue. (laughs) Uh, You can't stop. But what you can do is challenge it. You can challenge it, you can stand up to it, and you can replace it. We only have one offensive weapon in the spiritual army, uh, armor of God that is listed in Ephesians, and it, and it is the sword, the word of God, which is sharp and active, and it cuts away all the lies, the tangled up lies of the enemy in your mind. It's time to pick up our swords. It's time to win the war in our minds. As I close today, I want to warn you about one of the enemy's uh, real, real tried and true strategies with me. And that is, I've, I've kind of used two terms uh, interchangeably today, uh, lies and deception. I want to clarify what I believe is the difference between a lie and a deception. A lie is just 100% nonsense, but a deception usually will have some elements of truth right up in it. And so now it gets real fuzzy because... Here's one of my strongholds. I can't tell you how many times I've said this out loud uh, to the point that my wife has said, I I cannot stand, never say that again. Um, And then internally, of course, there's a running dialogue. Uh, But it was this, I'll uh, I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough, will I? Never be good enough. Now, it's a deception. 
because there's truth in it. And here's what I mean. Ha, man, if I just be like, bro, that's just not true. I am 100% good enough. Before the words are even out of my mind, I will be reminded about how in fact that is true, that I am not good enough because I have a case file to make that claim hold up in court, right? So no, but the truth is that uh, something closer to this, yeah, I'm not good enough, but I know who is and he's on my side and he said that if he's for me, then no one can be against me. And he said in Philippians 4.13, I could do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. That's the good news. That's how we do it. That's how we beat deception. So heads up. It's coming your way. Deception's coming your way. So meet that deception head on. There might be an element of truth in it. You can, you can go, hmm, that truth hurts, but I know a bigger truth because that's, that's mixed with a lie and that's deception. That's why the first step of, of our, of our three here today is so essential. That's why you need God's presence there with you to help you figure out the truth in the line. Here's the thing, a heart, you know that old saying, follow your heart. <laughs> my heart doesn't know nonsense, man. My heart is ridiculous. Anybody else <laughs> like, man, my heart's gotten to be in some messed up places. My heart doesn't know nothing. Uh, and, and the word of God can, uh, matches up with that. It says the heart is deceitful above all things. You got to guard yourself against your own heart. Um, and so that's why we need God's God with us uh, because he is enough. You know, I'm not, but he is. Second Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Everything we need. What do I need? More time? He got it. All right. What do I need? Patience. He's got it. More energy. He has got it more wisdom i need it and he has got it i just got to ask boldly i need some favor he has got it he's got it our dentist this week called me up and said hey found something odd uh we owe you six hundred dollars and the endodontist that you went to they're probably going to owe you a whole lot more than that here's their number here's all the information that you need and uh give them a call man that's some favor man who does that? I've never heard of any, I've never heard, I thought they, you know, they get your teeth and then you're out the door, right? So uh, whatever we need, man, God has it. So here's the replacement principle, if you didn't catch it. What do we do? Is we remove the lies, replace with truth, right? And it works with lies as well as deception. You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. Remember that one? Uh, so what are we going to do? We're going to uh, remove the lie. We're going to replace it with truth. Listen, remember, uh, I don't know if you've heard this story. The uh, elephants, you've heard the story about how they keep elephants, the zoo, maybe you've heard that, uh, circuses and things like that. Maybe not the zoo, the zoo's kinder to animals. Let's go with the barn, uh, barn, Barnes and Bailey, whatever there is. Yeah, Barnes and Noble, good old Barnes and Noble, the Barnes and Noble Circus. Um, well, supposedly, uh, it makes a great illustration. I don't know if it's true, but I believe it. Uh, that they uh, would take baby elephants and they would uh, chain them up to this giant stump. Of course, the baby elephants would yank and tug and pull and ever which way. And of course, they can't pull it. They're just baby elephants. As they grow, they you know become a lot, much more larger, powerful animal. And they start to chain them to things smaller and smaller until as they're full grown pachyderms, they just have this small little chain that's on like one of those little dog 
uh, things that you put for your at the park that would only work for like my size dog, like a 14 pounder. You don't screw it into the ground. The elephants just go like, well, I'm small, I'm weak, I'm trapped. And all it's got to do is pull. That's all you got to do. Pull your sword. Get out the truth. Replace the lie with the truth. Embrace the door. Embrace the truth. Open that door and be free. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Remember what comes into your mind comes out in your life. Don't stay locked in a prison, guys. Jesus holds the key. Would you stand with me? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.